Ridley's average 1.64 fantasy points per target throughout his career. Give him Zay Jones 121 targets last year, and Calvin Ridley would have finished with 1.8 less points than Kirk last year, who's wide receiver one themselves. The Wag Me Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Colin Garini and Nick Musto. So we did crowded backfields earlier in the week. Why don't we just go through the skill set rooms and go to crowded wide receiver rooms? Because there's a lot more this year mm-hmm. that need to be broken down, I think, for fantasy. Because, you know, you got to get the right guy in a crowded receiving room. You can't be left out. We saw Cortland Sutton you know, shit the bed on us last year. You can't pick the wrong guy. And you throw in all the rookies too. It just gives you even more content to work with. There's so many crowded receiver rooms just because of the draft. Let's go to the first rookie wide receiver selected in the NFL draft with the Seattle Seahawks, Jackson Smith and Jigba, JSN. It's all I'm going to refer to him from now on. He joins DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett for Geno Smith's well-equipped arsenal. Now, we've seen the role between Metcalf and Lockett kind of flip-flop. Metcalf has led the team in targets and receptions each of the past two seasons, but Lockett led the team the two seasons prior, DK Metcalf's first two years in the league. Both had similar ADOTs last year, average depth of target, uh, which kind of I've misspoken about in the past. Like I I thought uh, Metcalf was used as a check-down guy last year and Lockett the stretch guy, but no, both had similar A dots, so they're used relatively similarly, each between 11 and 12 yards. Both had over 20 deep targets throughout the year last year. Where they're separated, though, is inside the red zone. DK, 27 targets in it. Lockett, only nine, but somehow Lockett had three more touchdowns than DK last year. Lockett's just better, that's why. Um, 135 targets went to the tight ends last year, and I think that's the majority of the work that Jason will get. Um, I don't think any of their tight ends are exceptional talents. And Noah Fant, Jacob Hollister, there's Will Disley. Yep. That's the third one. Thought I was going to forget it. Um, yeah, none of them are great. None of them command targets. I think that they are going to want to give those targets to JSN, their high draft capital rookie wide receiver. <clears throat> Seattle ran 12 personnel most frequently last year, 40% of snaps with two tight end sets. I think that they won't have as many of that this season. They ran three wide receiver sets the six fewest times in the NFL. I really would expect a change here. You don't draft a guy like JSN and then keep him off the field. The only wide receiver selected in the first round into a team with two returning 1,000-yard receivers in the past, CeeDee Lamb, who finished as a wide receiver 21 his first year. So that, that validates that these three guys can all be fantasy relevant. Um, if I were to rank them, I think... I can't <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like it, like it's hard to decipher. I would say uh, Tyler Lockett, then DK Metcalf, then JSN, but all three could very well easily finish with over 800 yards and have spike weeks and be v- quality starters at some point throughout the season. Yeah. I'd go with the same order. I can't, I can't put D- DK in the third spot, even though I'd like to, who were, it was Amari Cooper was Gallup a thousand yarder. Yep. Oh, okay. Let's go over to Dallas. Yeah, it's talking about CD Lamb. CD Lamb. So in Dallas, we have a triple-headed monster of CD Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Gallup. Got people shivering all over the place. Not really. Uh, but so 
CeeDee Lamb is going to eat first. He had nearly a 29% target share in year one as the lead receiver last year. He's not really threatened to be supplanted by the uh, the other two, but Mike McCarthy is going to slow this offense down a bit. Dak Prescott, 37 pass attempts per game over the last four seasons. Aaron Rodgers averaged 32 attempts per game over his career with Mike McCarthy. At that rate, if you take out five pass attempts per game, CeeDee Lamb sees 24 less targets throughout the season, but he's still a wide receiver one, in my opinion. I just don't think he's as elite of a wide receiver one as he was last year. Yeah, I started off thinking CD would be just the CD that we expect, but Brandon Cooks is a good wide receiver. I think that he could eat into that workload a little bit. Um, Gallup, on the other hand, was rather irrelevant last year. However, now he is a full year removed from the ACL surgery that he got. I I think we kept expecting him to come back last season. They kept prolonging it. So it's good to know that. He played in most of the games last year, but yeah, his snap share was limited to start and then it expanded. Yeah, he ran the second most routes in the NFL in 2020 pre-injury. They gave him good money, so there is a chance that he does see a lot of work. I mean, you don't pay a guy to sit him on the sideline. Um, He's going to be on the field with Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb. Dallas is ranked ranked in the bottom half of the league for three wide receiver sets for the past two seasons, Um, but now they got rid of Dalton Schultz, so that would kind of reverse that statistic of them not using three wide receiver sets. Brandon Cooks has finished inside the top 15 wide receivers in his first season on a new team every time he's been traded uh, or or shifted teams. He went from New Orleans to New England, had a successful first season, went from New England to Los Angeles, had a successful first season. And then in his first season as a Houston Texan, he was still fantasy relevant. Uh, He was terrible last year. But not all the blame should go on his shoulders. Just look at what he was dealt with. I mean, he had Davis Mills being his provider. He had uh, just chemistry issues with that team. He wanted traded near the deadline, didn't get it, was a healthy scratch following that uh, deadline. But he's still just 29. No way. (laughs) Yeah, he's still just 29, believe it or not. And Amari Cooper. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, You think like, He's way older than Mike Evans and Keenan Allen, but no, he's still in his 20s. And Dak Prescott has distributed 100 plus targets to a trio of receivers twice in his career, although that's not likely to happen under uh, Mike McCarthy with Kellen Moore going to L.A. Um, I I see it going CeeDee Lamb, then Brandon Cooks, then Michael Gallup. I just think Cooks is more talented than Gallup. And I don't think Gallup can overcome that. I, I think the, the pie is going to get a little bit smaller. CD is going to still dominate it over a 25% target share. Um, and the other two are receivers I don't really care to roster. I mean, Brandon Cooks could be a good value in drafts. He I really, think Cooks could be a, a steal when yeah. it comes down to it. I, I think he could easily have a 1,000 yards in the offense. Do you think he's – like what's the percentage chance he finishes as a top 24 wide out? Oh boy, uh, percentage chance. I give him like a twenty percent chance. Yeah, I would actually like bump it up to a little a, more, a, a yeah, thir- a thirty-three percent chance, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I've seen crazier things happen in fantasy. Yeah. Um, but so the acquisition of Cooks definitely hinders CD's top line production. Uh, but I, I think Cooks is going to supplant Gallup as a second 
receiving role. And much like Seattle, I think a lot of the targets that gets going to the new guy is going to come from the tight end portion of that pie. Yeah, and the loss of Kellen Moore is not to be slept on. He's a fantastic coordinator. He heads to L.A., and he'll be taking over the receiving core with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and the rookie, Quentin Johnston. Uh, that's a scary receiving core if it can stay healthy. Justin Herbert, in his first two years, had the most touchdowns and yards of any QB ever. Uh, last season was a little bit of a letdown for him. 4,700 yards and only 25 touchdowns was a bit of a slump compared to his 2021 campaign with over 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns. I think a lot of this should and could be attributed to his wide receivers inability to stay healthy. We saw Mike Williams miss a lot of time. We saw Keenan Allen miss a time, a lot of time when you're thrown to Josh Palmer, Michael Bandy. Jalen Cuddy. Yeah. It's <laughs> your, your second receiving option is definitely going to hurt the quarterback. Yeah, some games, Gerald Everett was his best receiving target. Eckler, of course, but um, yeah, last season, Keenan Allen, when he returned in his eight game stretch, he was on pace for over 1400 yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, one of his best seasons. Keenan Allen has been prolific for fantasy his entire career. If he can stay healthy, I think that he will remain the top wide receiver in L.A. despite everybody wanting Mike Williams to take over the job. Is there a chance we see Father Time play a role here with Keenan Allen? 31 right now. I don't think so. I mean, last year when when he played per game, he was it was one of his, the best game, the best seasons of his career. So I don't receivers have longer longevity in nowadays like they take less hits they're protected by the refs i think that keenan allen still has at least one more season of high value fantasy production left in him i feel like it it's a misnomer label that we give keenan allen as injury prone i mean he had a significant acl injury his second year in the year or in the league and then last year he missed significant time because of a hamstring injury but otherwise he's been pretty darn healthy throughout his career yeah uh, at this point, though, in Mike Williams' career, I'm willing to say he can't play a full season. Uh, yeah. But last year, he was 20th in points per game, so he's effective when on the field. However, he was only 42nd in target share among wide wideouts at 18%. He's definitely he's always been known as a boom bust guy, and I don't think that label is going to slip at this point. He's someone that's going to go for 150 yards and two touchdowns, and then no receptions the next week. Mm. Quentin Johnson fits that Mike Williams role. Perhaps he could be, I think predecessor is the right term here. Yeah, he could be, he could be the predecessor. Replacement's to, another good Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but if Johnson, um, if Williams, excuse me, can stay healthy, there's a good chance that Quentin Johnson's rather irrelevant in year one. But if he's off the field, Quentin Johnson's going to skyrocket, man. Um, Herbert's definitely going to have a bounce back season. Uh there's a good chance that Mike will actually ends up being the odd man out here if he misses time and then has to come back from injury. I just see Quentin Johnson replacing him as LA's second receiving option. I was uh, I was going to ask, say Mike Williams misses, say he rolls his ankle in week three and the offense is settling a little bit at this point. Mike Williams misses weeks four and five. Quentin Johnson steps in. 80 yards, five catches, 80 yards, maybe a touchdown in one of the games. Does Mike Williams come back and just take that role over or do they shift to Johnston? I could see both of them. I mean, we talk about Mike being a boom bust guy. I could see Johnson having his weeks and big Mike having his weeks. I I feel like both are going to be very volatile players this year. 
wouldn't be surprised to see them finish the season close to each other. I think it's just a war on attrition in this receiving core. Whoever can stay healthiest the longest is going to be the most valuable. Um, Keenan's my wide receiver one in this offense. I think you'd agree with that. I think most people would agree with that. He's the guy that I want as my even wide receiver one. I trust him. Um, But otherwise, I really like LA's offense, especially with Kellen Moore coming to town. So I feel like all three can be uh, significant fantasy players in 2023. Yeah, I mean, it's it was one of the most injured wide receiving cores in the NFL last year. Um, speaking of injured wide receiving cores, the Baltimore Ravens, again, another team that just could not keep their receivers on the field in 2022. This year, it's starting to look up for the receiving core in this offense. Hopefully, Lamar Jackson can make something happen here. They bring in Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, they still have Rashad Bateman, who was their wide receiver one for like 10 seconds last year. Uh, they brought in Zay Flowers from the draft, and they have Mark Andrews, I think, the second best tight end in the NFL. We want to talk about injury prone and saying this should be better, but then we like we look at it and OBJ is there, yeah. and Rashad Bateman's there. So hopefully they can stay stay healthy. Yeah, I I, I no, I don't hope so, but uh, <laughs> dealers bias. Yeah. I, I think for fantasy purposes, I do hope that they stay healthy. Um, but it's very crowded. One of the most ambiguous wide receiver rooms in the NFL right now. There's a bunch of guys that have proven their talent and some young guys who we think could be something in the NFL. Uh, there is so OBJ joins the team, the aging superstar. They have the highly drafted rookie and Zay Flowers. And then they have Rashad Bateman, a guy who has shown some flashes but has not been able to stay on the field due to injury. Um, And then they have Mark Andrews. So, yeah, it's a very crowded receiving room. OBJ comes to town per Lamar's request, uh, which is encouraging. I think if you're really, if you want to take a bet on one of these guys, if the quarterback's asking for you to sign this veteran, he could hold some value. $14 million isn't chump change either on a veteran wideout. No, it's not. I mean, he was good with the Rams when he played before the ACL tear. Caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Um, but he did not play football last year. The last we saw of OG, OBJ was his stint with the Rams, where he scored five touchdowns. He averaged 12 yards per catch. Not bad, not great, um, definitely serviceable. Odell's hands down the most experienced wide receiver in this offense, could easily lead them in yards, targets, and receptions. But again, talk about injury prone. Two ACL tears, very concerning for his longevity, and we didn't see him last year. So who knows what he looked. Maybe he's fat now. <laughs> I don't know. When looking at the other receivers, though, it's not necessarily like, I don't know, man, if I can draft OBJ. Look at these guys. Rashad Bateman, he's totaled 800 yards between his first two years, playing a grand total of 18 games himself. Can't stay on the field. Last season, he did show his speed and ability to turn a slant route into a huge game. He averaged 19 yards per catch before his season ending injury. But a, you know, he saw 28 targets last year and dropped six of them. So I like he's someone like you said, he's the odd man out here. Bateman's not going to be anywhere flying, not even under my radar. Mm. He's not going to be on the Doppler system at all here. Zay Flowers, though, a, he is someone that I like a lot more. And it could be shiny new toy syndrome with him. He dominated in college at Boston College, uh, top wide out for three straight years. 29 touchdowns during his stint there. He's coming in as into a wide receiver room with nothing proven at all on the team. 
So I think that works to Zay's advantage. Uh, he could easily take the wide receiver two role on week one, assuming that OBJ is that lead guy. And I wouldn't be surprised if Zay Flowers becomes the dominant receiver in this uh, wide receiver room. But I still don't know. We haven't seen really a prolific Baltimore wideout uh since Lamar became the quarterback, I mean, Hollywood Brown was the highest finishing guy as wide receiver 22, two or three years ago. So uh, I don't know if now the new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, he's going to open up the passing game a little bit, be a little less reliant on the run game. But between these three guys, I think they cancel each other out relatively well. And again, we can't overlook Mark Andrews when breaking down the wide receivers. He's going to eat into their target share as a whole quite significantly. Yeah. Does he lead them in yards again? Absolutely. I think so, too. Um, If I were going to rank these guys, I think right now I'd put OBJ at the one, Flowers at the two, Bateman at the three. Yeah, um, I prefer Zay Flowers over yeah. obj just oh, okay. it's probably going to be shiny new toy syndrome rookie speedster really a threat into the open field uh but it's a wide receiver room that i'm probably going to leave just respectfully alone jacksonville our next wide receiver room is much more juicy bring in calvin ridley uh returning christian kirk and zay flowers fun fact kirk and jones were one of three wide receiver dues with 80 plus catches each last year. Hmm. You, what are the other, all right. Other two. Can you get it? Um, wasn't, wasn't one, 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 I think both of them are obvious and you're going to go duh, but one of them is definitely obvious. Are the chargers one of them? No. Nope. Did they get it? No, nope. they just didn't play enough. Philadelphia, uh-huh. AJ Brown. Really? All right. Give me the, Smitty. give me the AFC NFC. Um, both are in the NFC. Philadelphia is okay. one of them. The other one's still in the NFC though. Uh, five, four, three, two, one. The Bucks? No, no, nope. We already talked about it, man. Seattle, Lockett, oh. and DK went over eighty. But Jacksonville, uh, Calvin Ridley's going to supplant Zay Jones. Obviously, he could supplant Christian Kirk. He's now three years removed from his top five fantasy season. Kirk, meanwhile, is coming off his first and only top twelve finish at the position. Zay Jones was one of two wideouts last year with over 120 targets to finish outside the top 25 wide receivers. You know who the other one was. Yeah, I yeah. Right, <laughs> Deontay Johnson, baby. <laughs> uh, but no, Christian Kirk is the slot wideout. He had the third most snaps from inside last year. Ridley is going to be vaulted ahead of Jones on the outside. And looking at how the targets were distributed last year in Jacksonville, Marvin Jones saw 81 targets last year. He's no longer rostered. Ridley is much better than Marvin Jones, obviously, uh, and Zay Jones, obviously. So I could see Zay Jones being deduced, reduced to to the 81 targets that Marvin Jones saw and Calvin Ridley seeing over 120. Yeah, I mean, Christian Kirk, definitely their lead receiver here last year. We did see Zay Jones have his spike weeks. There was times, I remember last season, yeah, Zay Jones, he had like three receiving touchdowns. 30 burger. And people were starting to project Zay Jones to be the, like heading into week to week rankings. Zay Jones was eking out above Kirk in some weeks. Um, he could be debunked as a leader in all receiving categories by Calvin Ridley. I really like Calvin Ridley coming into this year. 
He's one of my favorite sleepers. I right now his ADP is ridiculous for what the for the talent that he offers. Um, I think both Ridley and Kirk will see over 120 targets, um, which will be good enough for top 20 finishes for the both of them. I think I'm starting to turn towards Team Ridley in this uh, comparison and battle we've had all, all off season long. The dark side. Ridley's average 1.64 fantasy points per target throughout his career give him zay jones 121 targets last year and calvin ridley would have finished with 1.8 less points than kirk last year who's a wide receiver one themselves himself so both are going to be very close to each other i think both are going to be high-end wide receiver twos um a, a very valuable receiving core with trevor lawrence leading the way and doug peterson calling the shots I Zave Jones is probably going to be relegated though to irrelevance. So just say it now. Ridley or Kirk. You can take Ridley. 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 Yeah, Ridley. He has he has he provides much more upside. And yeah. I he's he's we've harped on his talent, and I think talent's going to command more targets. And so he's definitely going to go north of 120. He could gain the majority in this receiving core. Therefore, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I think what we saw from Kirk was his ceiling, and now now he has a super talented wide receiver in town with him. So I, I don't think that Kirk has another wide receiver one year in. In Arizona, he had to share with D-Hop at times, but he still actually outproduced DeAndre Hopkins during that time. So maybe Christian Kirk can hold him off, but given how the targets were distributed last year with a guy as talented as Zay Jones, um, Ridley's going to eat into Kirk's percentage a little bit. Yeah, uh, let's go on to their divisional matchup in the playoffs last year. Kansas City, um, everybody's favorite team to rank wide receivers and running backs and everything else. Um, Their receiving core, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kadarius Toney, Sky Moore, and Rasheed Rice, the rookie. Hey, you can't forget Richie James, man. Yeah, Richie James is there. Uh, Justin Watson. Yeah, Justin Watson. Probably three more guys. What? What? Who is the... uh... Who is a guy that went undrafted last year, rookie wide receiver um, for the Chiefs? Yep, I'm blanking on him. Justin, I forget his it name. It was Justin Watson. No, it wasn't Justin no. Watson. He was a bigger dude. There Justin was, Watson's a big guy. There, there was a There's lot two. of there was a lot of uh, hype surrounding this player. Justin Ross, just out of Clemson. Who? <laughs> Justin Ross. Right. He, he was a baller in college at Clemson, actually, and. Uh, he went undrafted for medical reasons, I think. Kansas City took a shot on him. Every, a catch? Every, no, he, <laughs> he, he was unhealthy last year and uh, practice squad player. But moral of the story, this is a thick receiving core. Yeah, I no one on this team is going to have like over a thousand yards receiving, I don't think, other than Travis Kelsey, of course. Obviously. Kadarius Tony has shown the most talent on an NFL field thus far from these guys, I think. You could say MVS, considering he's had a longer career. He's done a little bit more in that time. But I think that Kadarius Tony has shown flashes of greatness. So he's the guy I'm kind of betting on here. Last season, he joined the Chiefs in week eight. It's a hard offense to learn. So he struggled getting on the field. Didn't see much time. When he got into the game, the Chiefs drew up plays specifically for Tony. It would be like you see Tony in the game. It's almost like, you know, the ball is coming to him because he he only touches the field when they have a design target for the guy. Jet sweeps yeah. and whatnot. Um, MVS is the only guy that sticks out in his role 
uh, he's the streaky deep threat on this team. He But he only had 42 receptions, less than 700 yards, and just two touchdowns last year in his first year as a chief. Uh, he, I like, I don't think he produces enough to be fantasy relevant. We've seen it throughout his career with Aaron Rodgers and now Patty Mahomes. Yeah, he's going to have a gigantic play, a 73-yard touchdown, but that's only going to happen once or twice throughout the year. However, I think his role is very intact as the vertical deep threat in this uh, receiving core. I don't know about anybody else, though, how they fit in with each other. Sky Moore is similar to Tony, Mm -hmm. really good athlete, undersized receiver. Uh, Rashi Rice is a cerebral slot similar to Juju last year. Um, but yeah, I, your guess is as good as mine here. Yeah, the way you said that, it's a good way to look at it. None of these guys have solidified roles other than MBS. Like, you know what you're going to get with MBS. And I think that we know we're not going to get anything crazy. So that's why I'm willing to take the bet on on like Tony or maybe even Rashi Rice, um, who averaged eight for 112 his senior year, um, led all of the FBS in in those statistics uh yards per game and yards or uh, catches per game um he was six foot two he's one of the larger wide receivers in this class it was a notably small class with uh zay flowers um jordan addison they're tinier guys Rasheed rice stands out physically um could see more involvement um off the bat than sky Moore. I, re- I was really disappointed in what we got out of sky Moore last year i think that rasheed rice is a necessary piece to this offense he's got the stereotypical let me go up and grab that kind of build which none of these guys on the chiefs have they don't have a big body receiver other than justin ross apparently <laughs> the uh the comparison though for rice is why i like rashi rice mm-hmm. for where he's going in drafts is that he's very similar to juju larger let's slot like wide receivers and i feel like that is going to be what gets him on the field and and he has shown the ability to play downfield a great pairing for patty mahomes uh he rice could be the guy that i want to leave drafts with but all of them you're going to be able to take a chance on in the late double digit rounds. so it's kind of feel out your guy if you think sky moore is the most talented roll with it i mean he did show flashes he scored in the super bowl last year and so did tony so like i feel like no we don't know what's going to happen with this receiving core pick your guy my guy's rushy rice yours is Kadarius tony we'll leave the draft with those guys and hope we got the guy yeah i don't really want to even talk about sky more 250 yards is rookie season that <laughs> i don't have much hope for this guy um i want the division i want to do this one Denver Broncos, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick returning from injury. I will just start out on the limb. I've given a lot of Judy hype in the past. Uh, Our mock draft episode in the ADP risers, we highlighted Jerry Judy a lot last week. However, he did have his best game without Cortland Sutton on the field last year. Roughly a six of Judy's points came in his three touchdown game in the absence of Sutton. Three wide receiver sets are going to be more abundant with Patrick back healthy, Sutton as well. Uh, Judy lines up on the inside a lot, and the other two are flanks on the outside. So I think all three are going to fit into this Sean Payton's offense very well. Yeah, it's starting to appear that Sutton's 2019 breakout season was a fluke. Uh, failed to capitalize from on last year's opportunity where he really was given that number one role 
in in Denver and just nothing happened with it. How much of that can you blame on Russell Wilson's poor play, Nathaniel Hackett's poor coaching? I don't know. A good bit. Yeah, <laughs> a, a good bit. I don't think Sutton's as bad as he was last year. I think that he'll both these guys will have better seasons. Um, Judy did take advantage of this, however, and that's why we're looking at him as the wide receiver one in the offense going into the 2023 season. Tim Patrick actually finished higher than Sutton in 2021, last time they were both healthy for the entire season. Now Patrick is coming off an ACL injury, suffered just nine months ago, so he's still going to be on a pitch count for most of the season. I, I'm i going to rank these receivers as Judy first, clear cut. Um, going to be a wide receiver, too, that I'm going to be leaving a lot of drafts with. Portland Sutton's second, and then Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler are honestly going to finish very similar to each other outside of the top 50 wideouts this year. I'm Team Judy, though. I think most people are at this point. I'm Team Judy. I think Sutton could could finish with more touchdowns just because he fits that fade route, put it up top, I'm yeah. bigger than you. I'll catch that. I'll take um, the 80 catches for 1,000 yards and five touchdowns. Is So is there wide receiver one upside for Jerry Judy? And consider the fact that they didn't really have a run game last year. They're supposed to have a run game this year. The offense is supposed to be a little bit better. Sean Payton's in town. Is there upside for I mean, finish as a wide receiver? They didn't have a run game. But they didn't have a pass game either. No, <laughs> they, they, they were dead last in scoring and yeah. near the bottom for total offense. So, yeah, I think wide receiver one upside is very well within Jerry Judy's range of outcomes. We've seen the track record for wide receiver ones in Sean Payton's offenses in the past. Marquez Colson, Lance Moore, Michael Thomas. Uh, there's a couple other guys I'm missing. Brandon Cooks. Yes, Brandon yeah. Cooks. <laughs> so, like, we've seen a lot of receivers produce – really good fantasy seasons, wide receiver one caliber seasons in Peyton's offenses. Um, now he is two years removed from coaching, but that doesn't fade, fade away like a player does. And we've also seen Russell Wilson support wide receiver ones in the past. You think Lockett, you think Metcalf, Doug Baldwin, I think Sidney Rice had a couple seasons too in there. Was he a Jermaine Curse? Yes. Um, so yeah, I think Jerry Judy definitely can finish as a wide receiver one. I'm not bold enough to predict him now. No, but I think I do think that the upside's there if this offense bounces back the way we think it does. Um, I can't leave the podcast without mentioning this team, the best wide receiver core in the NFL, the okay. Pittsburgh Steelers, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and Allen Robinson. Now, I will say I don't. I, I actually put this team in here. Yeah. Usually I, I try and put a clamp down on next Steeler bias, but this receiving core is perplexing. It's got talent. It's got an old veteran joining them. It's got young playmakers throwing Calvin Austin's name too, as a player there. we really didn't see last year. And you have a difficult crowded wide receiver room for fantasy. Yeah. You mentioned Calvin Austin. We don't have him down here, but Matt Canada is incompetent. <laughs> Calvin Austin was healthy after the first couple weeks of the season. He he was injured coming into the season. He got healthy soon. Matt Canada made a statement saying, we're not going to put Calvin Austin on the field this year. I don't know how to use him. Like, what? <laughs> Maybe don't run George Pickens on the end around. Put Calvin Austin, the fastest 
rookie in the draft on the end around George wait, Pickens is not that role wait let me write this down the not the six foot five 220 pound yeah. guy in the round but He's like the, the, speedy the five eight guy. 170 guy you want him ridiculous <laughs> I hate man. you know what it's not a rant though let me just say Deontay Johnson's stats here to remind you of how his season played out last year 147 targets six in the NFL two thumbs up there 86 catches for 882 yards. And, oh, I don't have his touchdowns listed here. Can you help me out? Deontay Johnson did not <laughs> score a touchdown last season. But that works in his benefit for fantasy this year. It, it does. It, it's He's going to have positive, positive regression, mm-hmm. perhaps progression. Did yeah. you just make up a word there? I don't progression. know. But he he's going to go from zero to some amount of touchdowns. So it's going to help his case for fantasy. Yeah, and I think that we'll see him as uh, you'll, you'll be able to spend lower draft capital on him too, just because he was a disappointment last year. Not to mention the guy was tackled on the one three times in last season. Unfortunate. Yeah, so I mean, he was right there to have three touchdowns. It does not look nearly as bad. Further pro- or, uh, pushing down his value, though, yeah. is George Pickens. You know, we talk about... Receivers getting hyped, second year receivers getting hyped. Pickens is definitely one of them. Yeah, he showed a lot of flashes in 2022. Could be a stud. Uh, he's something that this offense needed. They had the smaller receivers. They needed someone that could go up and win. Chase Claypool was not able to do that. He's gone. I think that just benefits Johnson and Pickens much more. Um, he was more efficient than Johnson. 52 catches for 802 yards and four touchdowns, which is kind of ridiculous. 30 less catches, but only 80 less yards than Deontay Johnson. Um, that lo- that looks bad on Johnson's end. Uh, he's hands down the favorite wide receiver in the red zone of Kenny Pickett. Uh, last year, he was seventh in total deep targets in the NFL, which I thought was surprising because I didn't think that we threw the ball deep enough to have a receiver in the top 10 in total deep targets. I didn't think he threw anything beyond 10 yards. I know. It was surprising. <laughs> Um, I'd like to compare compare this offense to what they have in LA. I think that Pickens is the Mike Williams, Johnson is the Keenan, Allen Robinson is is there. <laughs> you know, a, a lot of people get all huffy puffy about that comparison, but I actually think it's a good one, especially um when considering like the age and progression these players are in in their careers Deontay Johnson's about to turn 27 so really starting to get into the peak years of his career and George Pickens is still on the come up Mm -hmm. you know he could see a meteoric rise so in a couple years this Pittsburgh passing game might look like uh the Los Angeles Chargers as we know it today yeah I think Kenny Pickett's as good as Justin Herbert thanks um they also brought I didn't say that I didn't say that (laughs) They also did bring in Allen Robinson, big name guy, but the last two years he's only totaled 750 yards. A little he's, bit concerning. He's dead to me. Yeah. I think that he's more there as a veteran presence. I think that we'll see him catch a couple fades in the end zone or at least be targeted on them. Who knows if he comes down with them. I don't think that his presence will affect Johnson and Pickens too much, but he is there, and I do think he'll see some value. He's two years removed from a 1,500-yard season in Chicago. But yeah, I think he's nothing more than a good mentor for these more talented, fresher, younger receivers. And we can talk about what these receivers do and what they're good at, what they're bad at, what they did last year all day long. But it really just relies on whether or not Kenny Pickett can take a step forward. And I know we've mentioned it in the past. We both believe that he does have that in his in his bag to take that step forward. But I think we differ in 
how large of a step it could be. I think I'm a little more optimistic than Colin is. Uh, I don't think he's going to be anybody that throws more than 30 pass touchdowns in a year. Ever? Uh, not ever, but <laughs> this this year. Like, let, let's pump the Listen, brakes. If he throws 25 touchdowns, I'm that's amazing for Pickens and Johnson, if he can yeah. total 25. Yeah. And that's, that's nothing crazy. That's Derek Carr. I mean, true. We saw over the last eight weeks of the season, Pickett had the third highest passer rating in the NFL. So he definitely finished his first year on a high note. He's a bit older, second year quarterback too. So the maturity level is there. I think he understands what it takes to take another step forward. And we're not going to see any sophomore slump with him. All right. Uh, Obviously, we didn't highlight every single crowded receiving room because there's a ton. I mean, you look at Washington, they got J-Dot, Terry McLaurin. Uh, Cleveland has like 20 million receivers now. Mm -hmm. Most notably, they have Amari Cooper. New England, I mean, their receiving room's crowded as ever. Now they have Mike Gesicki in there. and uh, Juju. Yeah, Juju, Booty out of LSU as well. Carolina, they got a crowded receiving room. Uh, the Giants, the Packers, the Bills, the Raiders. Is there any receiving core that we didn't highlight or any receiver in these offenses that we didn't mention that you want to give a nice sales pitch about? Um, I guess the main one here would be Jahan Dotson in Washington. I think that he could have a big step forward. It depends on how good Sam Howell is, but he was fantastic last year. I think he scored like five touchdowns and it was a great year for him as a rookie playing injured half the season, uh, missed some time. Terry McLaurin's there. I think that Dotson could be a very slept on asset in most drafts and could prove his value. I'm going to go with a guy that's similar in their role and say Jacoby Myers in Las Vegas is going to be a steal in a lot of drafts. Uh, He fits that underneath guy uh role that's going to be left to to fulfill after darren waller leaves as jimmy g specialty grab jacoby myers in the double digit rounds he's going to see a lot of targets thrown his way i like it it was seven touchdowns for dotson by the way not five 